we're going to do today, I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive right in. We're going to give a couple more people an uh, opportunity to come on. We're going to dive right into the word today and, and just see what God is saying and hear what God is doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we minister your word to your people, we thank you for fresh uh, insight, fresh revelation, fresh illumination. Lord, those who tune in with us, we thank you that you're going to cause them to grow, to develop, to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We thank you for all of those that would hear this word today, Lord, will be set on fire for you like never before. As we go through chapters eight and 10, by your grace, we thank you, O oh Lord, for helping us to grow in the spirit, for helping us to speak in the spirit and for helping us to walk in the spirit in the name of Jesus. So let's dive into this word this morning. I'm, I'm excited about what God is saying. Let's start at chapter eight. If you got your Bible, get your Bible today so that we can uh, dive into the word of God and we'll, we'll explain as we go along and, and by God's grace, uh, reveal what we believe God is saying. So chapter eight, let's look at what it's saying. In chapter eight, it says, when he was come down, from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. We're talking about Jesus. So he came down from preaching in the mountain. So he says, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leopard and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, look at this, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So here we have a beautiful story because Jesus uh, just gets through preaching. Uh, uh, now a man comes to him and what he comes to him for is very, very remarkable. He comes to see if it's God's will for him to be healed. Now, this is very important because a lot of people don't recognize and don't understand God's will in their life. So this man comes to Jesus in, in, in uh, uh, chapter eight of Matthew, verses one through four, to say, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. And we know how the story goes. Immediately, his leprosy is cleansed. And the reason being is because it was God's will. So you need to know as a child of God, as a king's kid, it is always God's will for every child of God to experience his will. God never says no to anyone who comes to him in faith. The Dake Study Bible, it points out that there is no gradual healing that Jesus had to do. Everybody that came to Jesus, they were healed within an hour. I want you to know that you could go to Jesus today and you will be healed within an hour. Only thing you need is a word that will stir your faith up to say, Jesus, if you did it for the leopard, I know you're a do it for me. So we see here that Jesus wants all of us to know that it is his will. All throughout what we're going to read today, we're going to find out it's God's will over and over and over again for us to step into by faith what he has called us to step into. So look at uh, verses five with me in Matthew, the, uh, the eighth chapter. Look at what it says. And it says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a satyrian besieging him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Look at the language that the Bible Bible uh, says. Jesus said, he didn't just say, uh, 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 okay. He said, I will come, just emphasizing. I want you to know that it's my will so I can go to your house 
and 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 heal your your child. Look at verse. It says the centurion answered and said, "Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed." Some of you today, all you need is God to speak the word. Once God speaks the word, and you come in agreement with what He has spoken. I'm telling you, everything that you have been believing him for will miraculously show up in your life. But you just got to hear him speak that word. And once you hear him, so some of you need to say, Lord, open my ears, open my eyes. I want to hear from heaven because when you hear him, I'm telling you, the manifestation of his word will come into your life. So it says in verse 10, it says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled or he was astonished and said to them that follow, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall, by, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same honor. Listen, I'm telling you today, all you need is one word from God. It can turn your whole situation around. So as we're studying the word and we're gleaming what Jesus has already done, the Bible reveals to us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if you reach out to him by faith, you're going to get the same results that these men and women of God reached out to him by faith in his word. But all you have to do is put your faith out there. Somebody type in, I'm putting my faith out there. 2021 is my year to experience more of God. So look at this. Uh, uh, verse 14, look at what it says. So what I want to what I want to show you, even in this uh, department uh, uh, of scripture that we were just reading, uh, there were two things that Jesus marveled at and he was astonished by. The first thing was the faith of this Gentile, you know, because he wasn't seeing this kind of faith in the church. The second thing was the unbelief of the Jews. So he was astonished that this man came to him and he recognized what it meant to have authority. You need to know that when you give your life to the Lord, what actually happens, you enter into a kingdom. And when you pray, the angels of God is the army that is released to go forth and do what you're praying. You know, and that's the beautiful thing. But if you don't know that, then you think your prayers are hitting the walls. Can I encourage you today to pray more in 2021? Because I'm telling you, every time you open up your mouth and pray by faith, the angels are released for the glory of God to show up in your life, for your for your prayers to be answered. Like we talked about uh, last Bible study. So let's go into uh, the eighth chapter of 14 verse. Look at what it says. And when Jesus was coming to uh, Peter's house, he saw his wife, mother, laid uh, and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. What I love about the ministry of Jesus is that sometimes he spoke the word, sometimes he touched, sometimes he was spit on clay. Jesus was led constantly by the Spirit. Good to see you joining us, Mother. And so what we have to understand as a people is that if we want to tap into things that are supernatural in our own life, we have to get out of our own intellect. We have to get out of our own emotions. We have to get out of our own feelings 
to hear what God is saying to move with him. Whenever you move with God, whenever you walk with God, you're going to see the manifestation of the supernatural in your life. A lot of times we don't see what God wants us to see because we're not willing to walk with him. We're not willing to hear him. We're not willing to wait on him. But this is your season to wait on him, to, to, to seek his face, to pursue after him so that your life can resemble what we're reading in this Bible. Look at verse 16 with me. It says in verse 16, it says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirit. Look at what he cast out the spirit with. The Bible says with his word, one word from God will release you from the bondage of the enemy, from depression, from illnesses, from sickness, from oppression. Look at this. He says with the word, he was able to cast out evil spirit and with the word. Look at this. It says, and healed all that were sick. I love Jesus' ministry because everywhere that Jesus went in his ministry, he was able to release the word. And when he released the word, we understand what the Bible says. The word is quick, is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm here to tell you that anytime the word of God is spoken by faith, it will cut into pieces anything that the enemy will try to bring up against you, your family, your ministry. So you got to know one of your greatest weapons that God has given you is the word. So look at what it says in verse 18. It's well, 17. It says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. I thank God that we have a father that took our infirmities, that took our sicknesses. And all he is requiring of us is that we believe. 2021 is your year to step up your belief, to say, Lord, I believe you in 2020 for some things, but in 2021, I'm raising my expectation. I want to believe you for more. And that's why I encourage you to join us for these training for reigning Bible studies, because it's going to help you, your faith grow and your faith be enlarged for you to go where God is taking you in this season. So verse 18, let's look at what it says. Uh, 18 through 22, it says, now when Jesus saw great multitudes, about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee. Look at this, whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not have not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their, their dead. This season is not a season where we can make excuses. This is not a season where we can compromise. This is not a season that when we hear his voice, we tell him to wait. I was ministering recently about how God showed up in Joseph's life right after him and Mary got married. And God wasn't saying, oh, okay, go on your honeymoon now because no, God was interrupting. It was a divine interruption. And I want to encourage you in this season, if you experience a divine interruption, don't put God on hold. God is trying to, re God is trying to release something greater to your life. He's trying to cause your life to be filled with legacy. He's trying to cause you to step into your purpose, into your calling. So in this season, I want to encourage you to welcome divine 
interruptions. You might even have plans at 12 noon, every 12 noon or 1 p.m. And, and now God has me doing this training for raining and he's putting it on your heart. I want you to tune in and hear uh, what Pastor Eric is saying. Listen, don't be slowful in what God has called you to do in this season because God is trying to take you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So we see this scripture and we see that Jesus, the Bible says, he touched immediately uh, 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 the leopard lady, I mean, uh, uh, Peter's mother, and she was instantly healed. And then we see after that, his disciples, some of them were making excuses about following him. And he said, listen, it's either now or never. And that's how we have to treat the things of God. We got to put God first in our life and say, listen, I'm doing this thing now because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm not waiting till later. I'm stepping out there now to do what God has called me to do. Verse 23, look at what it says. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea or a great storm insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. So Jesus is asleep. There's a thunderstorm going on and his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? This was very powerful. Uh, uh, Jesus commands the storm and the disciples are shocked because he not only have the authority to heal the sick, but he also has the authority to command nature. And so what we must understand in these last days is that God is trying to raise many of us up to walk in the same authority. Remember, he said in John, greater work shall you do. He's trying to cause us to walk in the same authority, the same power, because he was led by the same spirit that we're led by. The Holy Spirit was the spirit that Jesus was led by. Now he's trying to get our attention to show us what we're capable of. Can I encourage you this morning? You're capable of much more than you put out. You've been having your pity party about things that you're more than capable of standing against. And I want to encourage you, if God be for you, then who could be against you? So verse 28, look at what it says. It says, and when he was come to the other side into the country of, uh, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them and heard of many, swine, many swines feeding. So the devils besought him saying, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, go, and when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down, down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befalling to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus and when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. This is very powerful because the whole city wanted Jesus to leave because when he delivered the two men 
the demons went into the pigs and the pigs ran into the water and killed themselves. So these whole city wanted him to leave because they were more caught up on the finances that they were making off of their businesses than being free, being, then being delivered, then experiencing salvation. You know, it is very amazing when we read through the scriptures that a lot of people can't see that serving Jesus is much more valuable than any earthly possession. Serving Jesus is much more valuable than any uh, uh, money in your bank account. So I remember years ago when God first changed my life and turned my life upside down and inside out, I had two nickels to rub together, if I had that. But the reality of it is I had purpose. My life now had meaning. The void that was in my heart now was filled by the spirit of the living God. And I won't take that back for anything. And we have to understand that although the things that we have right now might seem like they're valuable, but I'm here to tell you today that there is nothing that exceeds in value more than us serving the Lord, more than us trusting him, more than us depending on him and receiving his spirit and the things that he have called us to do. So these, this city, the whole city couldn't see it. But I thank God that you and I are able to see that there is more value in serving God, more value in studying his word, more, more value in waiting on him than anything else that this world can offer. So let's go now uh, uh, to uh, chapter nine and let's see what chapter nine is talking about in the word of God. So it says, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. This is Jesus. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, look at what happened here. Seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. So here we see that Jesus sees this man sick of the palsy. And look at what he says. You don't see this in the scriptures often. It says that Jesus saw their faith, not just the man, but he also saw the faith of those individuals that carried the man to Jesus. I want to encourage you in this season to surround yourself with people of faith. When you hear people talking doubt and unbelief, if they're not willing to repent and turn away from that talk, when you hear people talking fear and, and, and anxiety, you need to tell them, listen, this is my season to be surrounded around people that are full of faith, people that are confident that God is able to do anything but fail. And as you surround yourself with these type of individuals, Jesus is going to look down and he's going to see what it is that you have been asking him for. He's going to see what it is that you have been believing him for. And because of your faith and the people around you, he's going to release that into your hands like he did to this man, because the Bible says he's not a respecter of person. So Jesus saw their faith, although faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Jesus was able to see their faith, not just the man, but as I said, but those Jesus who brought him to Jesus. So this is very powerful because faith is really invisible. But when you really are walking in faith, Jesus himself is able to recognize that you are a part of his kingdom. So verses three, let's look at this. So it says in chapter nine, verse three, it says, and behold, a certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth, because Jesus told the man, uh, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then look at verse four, it says, and Jesus, knowing their thoughts said, wherefore think ye evil in your hearts, for whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven and go unto thine house. Man, I love the ministry. I play. He was talking to the Pharisees at first, and then he spoke to the man 
show the Pharisees and all of those who are watching, I have power to forgive sins. And then he releases this man from his captivity. And the Bible says in verse seven, and he arose and departed to his house, the man that was sick. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled that and glorified God, which had given such power unto man. So we see here that Jesus forgives this man's sins, then tell him to rise up. And these individuals that were watching, they saw his power and they glorified God. That's what you want your life to be about. You want people to see you walking into the authority, see, see you walking in the power and not for you to receive the glory, but for them to glorify God because they knew you before. Hallelujah, Lamb of God. It's amazing when you run into individuals that knew you before and then you come in contact with them later after you have encountered Jesus and they know everything about you has shifted. You might look the same. They know something has happened on the inside of you that has shifted everything about your life. So the Bible says as Jesus released this man from his, his, his captivity, uh, the Bible reveals to us that he arose and the whole crowd was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Good to see you, Minister Daughter. What just happened? And Jesus is like, this is normal in my life. Listen, I want to encourage you. Let 2021, let it be normal for you to walk in faith. Let it be normal for you to walk in love. Let it be normal for you to walk in power because God has called you to do those things. He has called you to be in his image. He has called you to be in his likeness, but he has also called you to dominate. And this is your season. You got to begin to grab a hold of what he has said to you and get that thing in your mind, get it in your heart and begin to walk in it by faith. Verse 10, we're in chapter nine, verse 10. Look at what it says. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your masters with publicans and sinners? Now, listen to me today. When you're on assignment and your assignment is not pleasing to people that you used to hang out with or not pleasing to people that you're connected with, you need to let them know I'm on an assignment. If God has called you to minister to, uh, to sinners, to, to uh, uh, pour into sinners, you have to understand that no matter what anybody else say, this is your assignment from, from the Lord. If God has given you that assignment, don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about how they view you, how they see you. Just walk in what God has told you to walk in. So he's chilling out with sinners and people that really don't know God. And then in verse 12, it says, but when Jesus heard these people, it says, he said unto them, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick, but go ye and learn what that means. So Jesus was upset because these individuals, they didn't recognize that he was on assignment and his assignment wasn't to save the righteous. It was to save the sinner. And so he says here, he says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So he told them, listen, I know my assignment. I know who I am. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have mercy. One of the things that we love to teach our, our leaders and our ministers at Greater Works, we love to teach them that love always covers. And what am I talk? What I'm talking about is no matter what people do against you, no matter what they say say about you, no matter how they mistreat you, 
Love always covers. And why do we always cover with love? Because we know who got our back. We know that as we're covering them, God is covering us. We know that as we're forgiving them, God is forgiving us. We know that as we're blessing them, God is blessing us. So we have a system that we must all cooperate with in order to experience what God has called us to experience. And what Jesus is doing in chapter nine and chapter eight and all throughout Matthew, he's showing us the way of the kingdom so that we can get in line and in tune with what he said. We have too many believers today that are trying to do things their own way, that are trying to drive, that are trying to control their life, that are trying to tell God the way they want it to be instead of just waiting on him to see his plans for their life. One of the things I found out when I first got saved is that God wants what's best for us. And I'm here to tell you that I had big dreams growing up, but when I begin to get close to God, I begin to see the dreams had for me, and it was easy for me to tell my dreams bye-bye. What God has for you is much bigger, is much better, and that's the biggest thing. Some of us, you know, I'm a businessman, I'm a business owner, and my company is doing great right now, but the reality of it, of it is some of us grab a hold so much of what we believe is going to make us prosperous and happy, and we get all of that stuff, and we're not satisfied. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. You have to know the only satisfaction that we really have in this world and will have in the world to come is being submitted to him. It's going in his purpose and doing his purpose and doing his will. You have to know that God created you to do something for him. In Revelation 4.11, it says we were created to bring glory and honor to God. And so when we bring glory and honor to him, the peace of God, come on, there is nothing better than peace. I, I don't care if I got a million dollars. If I got a million dollars without peace, I don't want that million. Give me peace. There's nothing like the joy of God. There's nothing like the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. So I encourage you to dive in in this season, dive into his purpose, dive into his calling. Some of you might not know how. All you have to do today is say, Lord, I'm ready. All you have to do today is say, Lord, I'm next. All you have to do today is say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life in this season, help me to cooperate. He's more than able to help you to get to where he has taken you in this season. So we see in the scripture that Jesus is teaching them and he's showing them, listen, this is my calling. This is my assignment. This is what you have called me to do. Good to see you, Dr. Barr, joined in with us. So look at what it says in verse 14. Then came to him the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast off? But the disciples fast not. It's amazing because, you know, most most people are fasting in this season. So it says in 15, the, January is typically the month of consecration for most ministries. Then verse 15, and Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them and then shall they fast. So Jesus is revealing to uh, these people that are questioning those who are following him. And he's revealing to them, saying to them, listen, as long as I'm with them, they have no need to fast. But when I leave them, they will fast. I want to encourage you. One of the things that I love to do is set out a day a week minimum to fast before the Lord. It will shift your life. It will change your life. As you lay down your plate, you will begin to see how God is able to move in your life in a more powerful way. I remember the, the early disciples, they were dealing with the demon trying to cast this devil out. Come out in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out. And, and the reality of it is they kept saying, come out. But the demons, 
they knew, you know, exactly what they were working with. They knew that they didn't have the endurance that they need, the perseverance that they need. So the demon was being stubborn. They went to Jesus and Jesus, we already know from scripture, he fasted before his ministry, 40 days or 40 nights. And he told that devil, you come out. And within the hour, that devil had to obey what Jesus had said. So glad you could make us, Val. I finally see you joining us today. So we have to come to a place where we recognize as we uh, are intentional about laying down our plate on a weekly basis. Man, I'm telling you, your endurance, your perseverance will begin to take off like nobody's business. I remember when I first started fasting after I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I was speaking in my room and speaking in other tongues, man, as, as you fast, man, God would take even your prayer language to another place. So I want to encourage you, uh, even as uh, uh, Jesus is speak is there, is coming to Jesus about his people fasting in, the, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 9, God desires for us to learn how to lay down our plate. A lot of times in Africa, we hear about miracle signs and wonders a lot more than in, in America. And the reason we hear about more signs and wonders in Africa, because them brothers and sisters not afraid to lay down their plate, man. They 15 days, 21 days, some of them going 40 days. I see some testimony about some that went on 40 days, ate a few days and then went back on fasting. So I want to encourage you. Fasting is a is a is a is a necessity in the in the believer's life it's very needed and i know some of you are like i don't know about that but with god's help and with god on your side you're able to do it and as you hear other ministers talk about it, you're going to see that to to many ministers three days seven days these, these things are really nothing to go without food for them because they're trusting and relying on god and i encourage you to do the same in this season so we're in uh matthew chapter 9 verse 16 look at what it says no man put up a piece of new clothes, and Jesus is teaching these people that have come up against him unto an old garment for that which is uh, but in, he said, for that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Verse 17, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the, and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. So here's a note that the Dakes Bible reveals to us. It talks about old wine skins uh, to hold wine must be soaked in water to soften them. Then they must be greased with oil or butter to prevent leaking and evaporation. Men only put newly made wine in renewed wine skins and both are preserved. He said the idea here is it refers to saving of sinners, means a complete renewal. And then it goes on to say, but if it refers to keeping the old custom, then it means that the two systems of religion, Jewish and Christianity, cannot be mixed. To patch the old with the new would, th would make things worse. And to combine the two systems would be destructive to both. The old covenant must give way for the new, but the new cannot be made part of the old because of the new life and freedom impossible with the old. So we see here that Dakes was uh, revealing to us that Jesus was showing them that I'm bringing in a new way. And unless you let go of the old way, you can't grab a hold of the new way. There are many of you that have tried to hold on to your old lifestyle, hold on to your old image. I remember in high school and growing up, I was popular, but I couldn't hold on to what I used to be if I wanted to grab a hold of what God was saying I am now. I'm here to tell you today that who you are now, who God says that you are now, is much better than the popularity contest. It's much better than people seeing 
seeing you as somebody that you're really not. The reality of it is, as we grab a hold of who God says we are now, we're able to walk in our purpose, we're able to walk in our destiny, and we're able to lead our legacy for God to for God's will to be done in our life. So Jesus was revealing to them, listen, they don't fast now. I'm doing something new in their life. And if you want to get a, get be a part of this, you need to as well join this new uh, thing that I'm doing. So verse 18, look at what it says. It says, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler. This is where the story gets really good. It says there came a certain ruler uh, unto him and worshiped him saying, my daughter is even now dead. This man says, my daughter is dead now. And look at what it says, but come and lay thy hands upon her and she shall live. I got to stop right there. Look at the faith that this man had. He said, my daughter is dead, but come lay your hands and she shall live. He's telling Jesus, he's prophetically telling Jesus, this is going to happen if you show up. And, and I want y'all to know that in your life individually, miraculous things happen when Jesus show up. He's just looking for people that would trust and depend on him so that they could get the same results that his word says we should get. So this man says, Listen, when you show up, this is going to happen. And then in verse 19, and Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. And behold, now watch this. Jesus is going to, to, to raise a young, uh, uh, this man's daughter from the dead. While he's going, somebody else with faith says, I'm not letting him get out of my sight. Today, I want to encourage you as you're listening, you're not here by coincidence. Listen, don't let Jesus get out of your sight today. Stretch out your hand, lift up your hands, do whatever you need to do in order to experience the blessing that you have been believing for. Some of you want your families to be restored. Some of you are out of work and God is trying to tell you, I am your source. Some of you are dealing with sickness and pain in your body. And God is trying to tell you that I am your healer. Don't let them get away. Somebody type in, don't let them get away. You need to exercise your faith right now. Whenever you hear an accurate word of the Lord, you have an opportunity to be healed. You have an opportunity to be delivered. You have an opportunity to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You have an opportunity to be stretched and go places you have never dreamed, but you got to recognize that now faith, you got to move now. You got to move now. You got to move now in Jesus' name. I'm getting excited because the word of God is so precious to me. I love, I love, I love the word of God. So look at what it says right here. It says, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years. This lady was going through, just imagine all of your life you're going through and, 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 and you're bleeding, you know, for 12 long years. And the Bible says in Luke that she spent everything she had. So look at what happened. She came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, this is what I love about this lady's testimony. She said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't say it to God. She didn't say it to her friends. Good to see you, Aunt Cisco. She didn't say it to her pastor. She said within herself, you have to get to a place sometimes where you're so desperate, you're so hungry for what God has for you, for what God has promised you, that you begin to say within yourself, God my marriage will thrive. God, my child will be 10 times better. Even though he might have started off slow, I'm proclaiming, I'm declaring within myself that everything is going to work out because we're putting our faith in you and you alone. Good to see you, Justine. Check it in with us. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Man, I'm telling you. So, so this lady, 
she encounters Jesus. She knew Jesus had everything within her that uh, within him that will cause her to be able to experience everything she needs. Y'all need to know today that ev everything you need is in Jesus. Everything you desire is really in him. Your, your satisfaction, your, your love, your joy, your peace, all in him. And this lady recognized Jesus has something that the doctors didn't have. And so look at what it says. It says in verse 23, uh, verse 22, but Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, I believe he saw faith in her too. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith have made thee whole. We see this over and over and over again. Jesus said, thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Man, after 12 years, if you're healed from a plague after 12 years in one hour, I'm telling you, man, I know she told everybody. The scripture don't really tell it, but I know she told everybody she encountered about Jesus. When you allow him in your life, nobody is going to be able to shut your mouth about the goodness of the Lord. I remember Justine telling us a testimony. A man came to her, a man came to her at her job, told her, Justine, I, I don't know how much you get paid, but I want you to start giving 10%, giving your first fruit to the Lord out of your check every single week. And that same week, <laughs> I did the numbers. She had an increase when she obeyed what the, what the man said. She had an increase of like 2,023% off of the seed that she sowed. Don't tell me what God is able to do. He's just looking for somebody that would trust and believe in him and put their faith out there. So look at what happened next in 23. It says, and when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels, now Jesus is get, finally gets to his location and the people making a noise, he said unto, him, unto them, give place for the maid is not dead. His daughter is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. See, Jesus is doing what the word of God tells us to do in Hebrews. Speak those things that be not as though they were. So look at what happened right here. It's very powerful. This young lady is dead, but Jesus is already speaking that she's just sleeping because he knows what he's capable of doing. See, you can speak something different when you know what God is capable of doing in your life. You don't have to agree with the facts in your life. The facts might be you can't pay that light bill, but the truth says that God has more than enough to be able to help you to pay whatever you need to pay. Don't agree. Somebody say, don't agree with the facts in this season. Agree with the truth. Good to see you, Minister Gerana. Thank God you were able to join us today. Okay, so it says in, in verse uh, 24, he said unto them, give place for the maid is not dead. She sleepeth." But then in verse 25, but when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand and the maid arose. And look at what happened after he performed this miracle. The Bible says, and the fame thereof, very powerful went abroad into all the land. So we see here that when Jesus raised this lady from the dead, his daughter from the dead, we see that everybody was shocked. Everybody was astonished because of the reality that Jesus was able to do something that he should not have been able to do in many of those eyes. But we know that our God is all powerful. He's all seeing. He's all knowing. And can I encourage you today, just as the man called on Jesus in order to go and heal, uh, 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 raise his daughter from the dead, God can raise your situation from the dead. He can raise your marriage from the dead. He can raise your finances from the dead. He can raise your relationships from the dead. But you must be willing, like this man was, to go to him in faith. The Bible says 
Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Can I encourage you today right now as you're tuned in to Training for Reigning, we're speaking by the spirit of God and your faith, if you're willing to allow it, it's going to increase, it's going to expand because faith comes whenever you hear an inspired word of the Lord. Your faith increase whenever you're waiting on the Lord and he speaks to your heart and you grab a hold of what he's saying or when your pastor is ministering and you know he's in your business, your faith increases when you hear from the word of the Lord. So you have to be encouraged. So Jesus turns around and he tells the lady, uh, your faith has made you whole. He goes to the lady's house, raised the dead. Faith, his fame erupts. Very powerful. Let's go to verse 27. It says, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men, so we see healing taking place all over the place. Two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. Uh, the question that Jesus is asking you today, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Some of you prayed today. Some of you prayed yesterday, believing God for something. And God is saying, do you really believe that I'm able to do this? And look how they answered. They said unto him, yes, Lord. Then uh, touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Man, we see this over and over again. In uh, Matthew chapter nine, Jesus is telling the people that you are being healed. You are being delivered. Your eyes are being opened. The, the dead is being raised because of your trust, because of your dependence, because you are relying on me. And we have to understand that's what God wants to see in our life. The more we rely on him, the more we're going to see the supernatural take place in our lives. So verse 30, look at what it says. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. That's one of the things when Jesus touched you, it's hard to keep silent. You know, they disobeyed what Jesus told them to do. But the reality of it is they disobeyed what Jesus told them to do because of his touch because of what he did in their life, because of how he moved in their life. And I don't know about you that whenever something happens powerful in any of our lives, the reality of it is, is that we're going to talk about it. When you're in love with somebody, come on, can I talk to y'all this morning? When you're in love with somebody, you're going to talk about it. When you are uh, uh, standing on God's word, you're going to talk about it. When, when, when things happen the way that you believe that they should happen, guess what's going to happen? You're going to talk about it. So we see here uh, that 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 Jesus goes on and and and, and the Bible says that uh, uh, in verse 30, 31, but they when they were departed, spread abroad his fame into all the country. And then it says, as they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. So we see things are happening all over as Jesus launches out into ministry. He's healing. He's delivering. He set it free. He's raising the dead open. The blood. There is nothing that Jesus is not doing. Uh, um, doing to show people what he is capable of. And we need to know this in our own life, what God is capable of. So look at what it says in 32. It says, and they went out. Okay. A man uh, possessed with the devil came to them. And then verse 33, it says, and when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake and the multitudes marveled saying, it was never so seen in Israel. Verse 34, but the Pharisees said, he cast up out devils through the prince of the devil. So the Pharisees, we under, we understand 
that they were the leading religious group. You know how we got all these different denominations. That's all the Pharisees and the Sadducees were different denominations and one believed one thing and the other believed the, another. But the reality of it was the Pharisees was the forerunners and, 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 and they pretty much uh, were trying to diminish Jesus' ministry because of the reality his fame had taken off and he was taking away people that followed them before. And, and so they're trying to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. But what I love about it in this um, section of the Bible, Jesus didn't pay them any attention. Sometimes can I encourage you today? People are going to say what they have to say about your ministry, say what they have to say about your calling, say what they have to say about your family, say what they have to say about what you're doing and your business and your company. And the reality of it is more than not, listen to me, more than not, you should be silent about it because you know God's hand is on your life. You know God is moving you into your next place of promotion and destiny in him. You know that your la your latter days shall be greater than your former days. So what I want to encourage you in this season, sometimes you need to just be quiet because because God is already fighting your battle. The Bible says, vengeance belong to me. Verse 35, we're in chapter nine, verse 35. And praise God, we're going to, by God's grace, get to uh, chapter 10 and wrap this thing up. So verse 35, it says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching. Look at what he was preaching, the gospel of the kingdom. And he was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. I love our Savior on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted Jesus to touch them, but they fainted because they didn't even have the necessities to travel. How many of y'all have ever been to uh, 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 Empower empowerment outside of the city and, and you already had enough money to get the plane ticket to get there. You ain't have money for the hotel. You ain't have money to eat. And that's how some of them were. They, they were going by faith, but they didn't really have enough to sustain them when they got there. And Jesus had compassion on them. And verse 37 says, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest is true, truly as plenteous, but the laborers are few. He tells them how to pray. He tells them what to pray for. Watch this. He says, pray ye therefore for the Lord of harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. God is always looking for people that are not just talking about it, but people that are willing to be about it. And I believe that you're tuned in today because you want to be about it. You want to not just hear the word, but you want to act on the word. You don't want to just connect with the ministry, but you want to add value to that ministry. You don't want to just show up, but you, when you show up, you want God to show out. And I believe this is your secret. Season. This is your time as you hearken unto the voice of the Lord that God is going to take you out and launch you out into the deep for you to be able to do things that nobody else thought you would be able to do. And do you know what happened when you begin to do things that nobody else thought you would be able to do? God receives all the glory. They start looking behind the scenes in your life to see who is it that is helping this brother? Who is it that is helping this sister? And guess who they're going to bump you? When they look behind the scenes, they're going to see your Lord and Savior with you every step of the way. Because the word of God says in Matthew, he will never leave you nor forsake you. So chapter 10, let's knock this chapter out real quickly. Um, tomorrow, I want to encourage you all to tune in. We're, we're having Financial Freedom Friday. I'm going to be talking about finances. It's going to be absolutely dynamic because I believe that this is a season that God wants to help you to be a good steward because there's some things that he wants you to do. And some of you are not going to be able to do it without being a good steward. So chapter 10, let's look at it. Verse one, it says, and when he had called 
unto him his 12 disciples. So Jesus do all of these miracles, all of these signs and wonders, raising the dead. And now he gets to a point in his ministry where he needs individuals to be imparted into for them to help him, for them to be an extension of his grace, for them to be an extension of his kingdom so that more territory can be reached. We need to understand that we serve a God that has a kingdom. That's why when Jesus preached repent, he re preached repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we're going to see here that when he sent his disciples off, he sent them off and he told them to preach about the kingdom and the kingdom only because this was king's business. He was about expanding his territories and he knew with all of the people that were coming to him, he needed to impart it to some people for them to carry the gospel. And he knew his time was almost up. So look at this. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples. Look at what he does immediately. Soon as he call you, you need to know. Hallelujah. Soon as he call you, this is what he does. He gave them power against unclean spirit, power to cast them out, power to heal all manners of sickness and all matter of diseases. When you notice, when you read the book of Acts, and then I noticed that I was like, wow, this is very powerful. Some people go off in ministry before they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the book of Acts, we see that Jesus told them, wait until you're filled. He didn't want them going to do anything, talking to anybody about the gospel, starting their prayer group. He didn't want them linking up with this person and that person, telling them how anointed he is. He didn't want them to do anything until they received power. I'm telling you today that the way your ministry is going to go to the next level is when you allow yourself to receive power of the Holy Ghost, when you allow yourself to be overflowed, overtaken by the spirit of the living God for him to be able to push you into the places that he has predestined for you to be. Somebody say, I have power. I have, I have real power. Hallelujah. So he tells them, he says, I, he gave them power according to the scripture. And let's look at what verse two says. It says, now the names, it's going to go through the names of the 12 apostles. It says, the names are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Lebaeus, whose surname is was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanites, and Judas um, Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So it, it names the 12 apostles, and then it goes to this. It says, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, look at what he tells them to do. See, whenever God calls you, we see in the scripture is revealing to us. He gives you power. And then after the power, he gives you instructions. Man, it's a horrible thing to have power without instructions. That means you're going to use that power unlawfully. You're going to use that power uh, uh, unwittingly. So we need power, but we don't just need power. We need instructions. Somebody say, Lord, give me instructions in this season. Because I'm telling you, when you get instructions, then and only then are you able to focus. And when you're able to focus, how many of y'all know that uh, the focused man and woman in the kingdom, that power expands, that authority expands. So you need power, but you also need instructions. Look at what Jesus tells them. These 12, Jesus sent them out and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles. Don't go to the Gentiles house. Don't go to their city. Look at what he says. And into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he gave them a target. He gave them a, a, a target to go to. And he told them, go to the lost sheep of Israel. So he told them, he pointed them in the right direction. And then look at what he says. 
And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what I love about the kingdom of heaven is that whenever the kingdom, the government of God is preached, there's always demonstration that follows it. You know, we see all throughout the word of God that Jesus was teaching about the, about the kingdom and then he would heal the sick, cast out devils, because whenever the kingdom is taught accurately, then the kingdom invades the power of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and destroys its kingdom. And if that kingdom of darkness is in your life causing you depression, causing you oppression, causing you sicknesses, illnesses, you got to know that there's a kingdom that you can agree with, that you can grab a hold of, that will completely cut off the kingdom of darkness from operating in your life. You need to know that you are a child of the king. You need to know that God has his hand on your life and that it's not God's will for you to be depressed. It's not his will for you to be anxious. It's not his will for you to walk around with your head down. God wants you to know that as long as you're on my team, you're on the winning team and victory belongs to Jesus. So look at this. He tells them, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he tells them, look at this. Verse eight, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received freely give. He's telling them, listen, when you go there, you're not just going to preach a cute message. You're not just going to show off your new suit, but you're going into these towns and villages to preach the kingdom. And when you go and preach the kingdom, you're going to see the miraculous power of show up on the scene to be able to dismantle every enemy that is sending you to. What I love about it is that these, these young men only been with Jesus for, for probably a year at this time. And now Jesus is telling them to raise the dead. So, so we have to understand today that raising the, the faith to raise the dead is the same faith that is needed to heal a cold. The, the, the faith to, to, to heal uh, limbs and legs, we have to understand it's a God kind of faith that has been put in our heart. And as we exercise it, we're going to see the results of it. A lot of us, we exercise it for a minute, then we stop. But that's why I told you, you have to start fasting more because fasting will give you endurance and perseverance to continue until you see the results that God desires for you to have. So verse nine, look at what it says. He said, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet stays for the workman, watch this, is worthy of his meat. So he's saying, when you go, don't even worry about taking anything with you. Those individuals who, who I've set you up with, who I've called out to, to minister, uh, to for you to minister to, they're going to recognize the value and they're going to pour into your life. And then it says in, in verse 11, and into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who is in it that is worthy and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into an house, Salute it. Very powerful. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. So these brothers walked in some serious power and with power came the peace of God. Jesus was telling them, look, wherever you go, the peace of God is going to rest. But if you don't want it to rest there because they're not worthy, you can take that peace back. Some of you have allowed the enemy to take what God has given you, your peace, to take your joy. And I'm telling you today, today is your day to take it back. You have the power to take it back in Jesus name. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words in verse 14, it says, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, 
it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that in the day of judgment than for that city. Verse 16, Jesus is instructing them. He's teaching them. And then look at what it says in verse 16. It says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore, look at what he tells them, wise as servants and harmless as doves, but beware of men. The first thing he tells them to beware of is men. Why? Because men would try to uh, get you to do what's pleasing to them. Men would try to distract you to get you off your rocker so that you won't fulfill your assignment. He said, beware of these men, but they will deliver you uh, up to the council and they will scourge you in the, their synagogues. And then he goes on in verse 18 to say, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, look at this, very powerful, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. You need to know when you find yourself in different situations and different circumstances and you don't know what to say, good to see you tuned in, mother, and you don't know what to say, you need to know that God has put his spirit in you and the spirit of God will begin to speak for you. I'm telling you today, he will begin to speak for you and will cause the people that have come up against you to be astonished at the words that you're speaking. And you know them words didn't come from you, but, but Jesus was revealing to his disciples that the Holy Spirit in you, if you yield to him, he will speak to you when you find yourself in situations when you don't know what to say. So we can be confident as long as he's with us, we can be confident that everything is going to be all right. So let's let's finish this out. We have a few more few more things to read here. And it says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecuted you in the city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the city of Israel till the son of man become. So Jesus was teaching them at this time, perseverance and endurance. He was saying, listen, if they reject you in one city, I want to encourage you to go into the next city. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, that, that whatever happened, if people reject you when you're trying to minister and you're trying to teach, listen, go to the next group of people.